the Magic Pisces podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue sky. It has been a minute, and we are back at the Magic Pisces podcast. And check out the book, Undercover Angel, which I am honored to be getting the feedback that I have been getting um, from so many different people, from so many walks of life, from uh, men and women and, you know, my friend's mom, you know, and these kids I went to high school with and, you know, every, all, all sorts of people. And uh, one, I got some feedback from uh, the single biggest bookworm that I've ever met. His name is Jules. And I knew him from Fort Collins back in the day. And he sent me this this feedback, this text yesterday. And I was just so honored to to hear what he had to say. And Because, uh, you know, it's weird. You make art. And by the, by the time I was done with the book, I was so deep in the forest I had absolutely no idea what the trees look like I could I did not know if it was good I didn't know if a page of it was good I knew that there were certainly good passages in it and good sections and I knew that some of it was you know really good and but I just couldn't didn't know how it would be like how it would occur I guess phenomenologically overall and um, it's it's a trip it's crazy to to spend that much time uh, working on a piece of art essentially and then having it be well received. I'm I'm aware that there are uh, you know there's some crazy shit in there. I've been doing the Course in Miracles podcast for so long. I've been so clean. I get to I get to cut loose on this episode. There's some gnarly shit in there. I mean, there's graphic you know there's mis- graphic you know d- sex stuff and there's you know dirty talk from guys who are basically all alcoholics in their twenties and. Some of the the dialogue was I didn't make it up at all. It was exact like cop. It's like basically word for word what some of my friends, uh, me and some of my friends would talk about how me and my friends would talk, um, and you know I talk about fucking a fat girl and you know all that shit. It's everything and it's it's interesting because I was I was concerned a little bit about the the lack of political correctness, but I had so many women's eyes on it. Um, you know, be you know, accused of being misogynistic, and one person actually did, and I completely would see why. She's like, "I think you have some issues with Lynn." I'm like, "You you think? <laughs> you think? Did you did you read the chapter of my seventh grade girlfriend beating the fuck out of me in front of everybody? You think? You know, it's funny." And so I have a associated podcast called the Undercover Angel Podcast, where I'm talking about the deeper psychological mechanisms at play within within me. Uh, one of them, uh, or psychological phenomenon, one being trauma bonding, which is essentially the, it's like bondage. It's like the relationship that a perpetrator has to a victim. So the perpetrator perpetrates on the victim and basically beats the shit out of the victim and then, you know, says, oh, I'm sorry, I love you, which is what my seventh grade girlfriend would do. So that then creates the template, which, you know, you might, that you know, I allude to the fact that this was coming from another relationship I had in my life with a woman, you know, and so then that that becomes the template was this trauma bonding sort of uh, relationship. And so, yeah, there's definitely some issues. So then the, the promiscuity that is detailed later on is, you know, if you read between the lines, you can see that it's there's a somewhat causal relationship there. So, um and and when I when I talk about the 
the first night in college with the with the girl with the spider black widow tattoo on her teat um when i think about my first day in college that's the first thing i think about i think about that that particular instance right of being left there half dead with this chick you know i was 19 years 18 years old you know so why would i leave that out because it's it's just a part of the story and so the truth is much stranger than fiction and so it's it's interesting to see the overall kind of lack of censorship or the welcoming attitude that people have because it's just the truth is the truth is the truth you just tell the truth and so and and there was some stuff i needed to course correct bonds uh, about so a friend of mine came up to me at my 30 year high school reunion uh, a couple you know week and two weeks ago now and just said hey you know you really might want to might want to have considered or you may want you may have wanted to consider you know xyz and very respectful very wanting the entire project to succeed ultimately and very direct and somewhat stern but very loving and so i received that feedback and i talked to some other people and more more people tell me not to change a thing right but I certainly consider what she had to say. And then it was more about privacy and anonymity and more about, more about some other stuff. I'm not going to go into some kind of dramatic sort of stuff, but, um, that, that's something I really took to heart. I really received that. And so then I made the appropriate changes attitudinally, right? Which of course then may or may not affect, May, may or may not have actions associated with them, but, but the shift with it, the shift in attitude may or may not have a shift in actions. There might be, a, you know, there's probably some minor tweaks I will make, um, which is really easy to do. You can just, you know, one email away. So um, that's why I, I don't believe in uh, sense. I think censorship is very bad on and, and any level, no matter what a person is saying you know, with the exception of severe examples of hate speech that are inciting things, uh, excite, inciting people to go do violence, you know, which I actually don't think I would attribute that to what uh, Trump said. I think that that's not what that was. Um, I, I think that was a whole other thing. But uh, anyway, so it's just been this very fascinating experience for me internally because I, I can't really explain what it's like to release something like that and then to get this this overall response. Like my friend's mom, my, this friend of mine's mom, I don't even show how, he, how she got the book, sent me this text, or got my number rather, sent me this text the other day as I was talking to my friend and uh, it just said, thank you for being an undercover angel for my son when he needed to stop drinking. And I was like, whoa. She's like, you really enjoyed the book. And I'm like, Wow. You know, so you never now there's this thing out in the world and it's going to have it's going to do what it does. It's going to do what it's supposed to do in the world. And um, it's it's just really I'm very I, I was really freaked out at first. And now I'm just I'm kind of I'm really proud. It's just it was so much it was so much work. And so uh, if you've read it, if you're listening to this, this will probably be five five downloads <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> But if you're uh, if you've if you've bought the book and read the book, thank you. And if you've got any feedback, I welcome it still, you know, and uh, thanks for being a loyal Magic Pisces podcast listener. And I, I felt the need to come on and, and it just talk about this 
phenomenon that's happening in the world. Um, it, there's, there's some crazy shit happening in the world. I, years ago before COVID, I was talking about uh, I almost ep- several in many episodes. I referenced the work of Dr. David Hawkins. I regularly reference the work of Dr. David Hawkins in the Course in Miracles, and it's it's the book the 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 pertinent is that the word pertinent book in this particular case is I Reality and Subjectivity, which I have referenced a lot on this podcast. The chapter in I, Reality, and Subjectivity, which is his third book, is called The Ego and Society. And it's the fourth chapter of that book. I read the entire book, I want to say two months ago or something. It's, it's very long, but it's an it's interestingly quick read. Um, so I, I, I took note of specifically in, where in that book he's talking about uh, the, the things I would always be referencing, particularly... Uh, in you know, sort of in my in the early days of Magic Pisces podcast, when I was just talking about the far left with disgust and all that, I you know that was what I was doing is essentially weaponizing his work, which I've owned up to several a few times at least. But it's still very pertinent and very relevant to. I just I implore anyone to please please read over chapter four of. Uh, I, Reality, and Subjectivity. Read the whole book. It's his third book. I think I just mentioned that. But it's, uh, it's very, it gets very sort of spiritual, political. And what he talks about is uh, the way the, the far... There's, he, he differentiates between Luciferian energy, between the, t- the two different types of evil energy, one being Luciferian energy and the other being Satanic energy. And... Politically, Luciferian energy operates through far leftist political movement and far leftist ideologies, and it essentially weaponizes weaponizes compassion. It weaponizes empathy, and you you could really see it uh, during COVID with the whole. Um, you know, you, I just saw people. You know, I saw somebody. If I my I saw someone post uh, in the thick of the vax debate. Um, my new fetish is watching non-vaxxers die. And that, that's the, the definition of the, weaponish, the weaponization of empathy. So you're so kind, you're so, compass- so compassionate that you hope these people who are just questioning things, which is kind of how it was with most of the an- quote-unquote anti-vaxxers, they're just curious and questioning and want some answers before they, they do this thing. And, and so you want them to die. So that's the that's the... The how the, that's the weaponization of empathy. And this person is a far, 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 far leftist. And, and so now what you're seeing, and it, you can certainly see it operating in the, in the trans movement as well. There's this, this weaponization of empathy. Oh, you don't, you, you, you question gender ideology at all. You think it might be a little weird. You're phobic. You're phobic. You're phobic. It's like the it's like calling it's like the racism thing. Like you're racist. It's supposed to shut up shut up any person immediately and end any argument immediately. Um, it 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 often does. I saw an interview with uh, this woman caught up to AOC in a in like Capitol Hill and had a couple questions to ask her and they were valid questions that she asked with respect and 
and AOC's only response was, I'm not going to talk to you because you're transphobic. And she, she stormed, she stormed off. Um, so there's that, there's, that's, that's, there's, there's that instance of this sort of weaponization of empathy happening. And in, inside of this far leftist ideology that y now you've got people like Chloe Cole, who is a, a detransitioner, an outspoken detransitioner who's been demonetized on, I think, or her, I think her account got canceled on Instagram. It was one of the platforms, one of the social media platforms. Her, her content got essentially eliminated, removed because she was too violent. She was, t they said the reason they gave her was that there's too much violence. So this is a woman who's, I think she's 18 now, maybe 19, but autistic on the, on the autism spectrum who watched some TikTok videos, got confused about her gender, and then basically went to Kaiser and they gave her a double, they put her on hormones and she grew facial hair and they put her on, they gave her a double mastectomy at age 15. That's not common news, you know? And, and the, like, how come she isn't given a voice? How come her voice is censored? How come her name isn't com common knowledge? I brought it up with my sister and, uh, who who's Chloe Cole? What do you mean? You know, so uh, apparently you're some sort of far right extremist if you believe that Chloe Cole should be seen, heard, known, loved, and understood. That that she should be seen, heard, known, loved, and understood on a massive scale. And so it's just what it. I guess the the question it it presents to me is what's actually what's actually going on there, right? So that's this is again the Luciferian energy it's an example in my opinion of the luciferian energy at, at at play that now you've got this person and she's not the only one they're they're all just google it on youtube or go on reddit and you can see all kinds of stories of people and what i then find is that um you you bring this information to people and they there's just a very polite fuck you and and i'm not going to consider the overall context here like as if you're a wolf in sheep's clothing and uh, or as if you're uh, you're crying, you're like a chicken little, or you're you're crying wolf, or whatever, something like that. And and that is that is incredibly. I can't really explain what what that sort of feels like when you sort of bring this to the attention of people, and you're basically told fuck you, or you're an idiot, or you know you're being overreactive or something. Um, you know, because what I saw is what I see is that this gender ideology has actually infiltrated. Uh, one of the anonymous programs that I subscribe to. And every single person whose attention I bring it to privately disagrees with me. And I know for a fact that people have left this program because of it. And if you want the specifics, contact me directly and I'm happy to share them with you. But I have literally, 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 literally not found... I've, I've talked uh, privately about this to probably... I want to say at least 15 people, and every single one of them has gotten my point. Every single one of them has understood what I have to say. Um, they may not, and, and, and then there's one guy that he said, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I disagree. And I said, well, based on what or why do you disagree? And he couldn't come up with a reasonable, he couldn't come up with any sort of argument against my point. So there was the way he felt, but the way he felt had nothing to do with my point and coming up with an effective counterpoint. And he essentially backed down. He essentially admitted that I was right. So uh, you've got this spiritually pure, sort of freely available uh, program 
that is given as a gift from God to the world that has now taken aside in an issue. And again, I don't want to, you know, I could, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a two wrongs make a right conversation um, and, and to further sell it, sell it out any more than I have, sell out the program any more than I have. I seek to protect it. So again, contact me privately if you want the details there. Um, but I tried to bring this to someone's attention and they, you know, basically told me I was a fucking idiot or something. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Um, they told me I was wrong or it was, I was unfounded or whatever. And that's, that's, um, you know, I'm always pointing to context. I'm always pointing, and I get stuff, we all have emotions and whatnot, but I'm always talking about context and I'm always in this type of an argument citing the work of Hawkins and particularly chapter four of the ego uh, entitled the ego and society of I reality and subjectivity. So, uh, you know, that's, that's again, Luciferian and this thing just slipped by this, this change in this program. It just sort of slipped by without discussion. And that was very interesting and disturbing. And I'm not the only one that caught it. I mean, a lot of people have caught it and, it's a terrifying thing. I, I spoke up about it at a gathering that had over 100 people in it, something like that, 50, 60, 70, maybe, yeah, maybe 100 people. And I can't really explain what it's like to, to, to essentially be a heretic, to, to tell the truth in the face of, um, in the face of you know, what's happening, in, in the face of some sort of event, you know, some sort of mass thinking sort of a thing. It's terrifying. And... Um, and I had a few people privately come up to me afterwards and say, thank you so much for saying that. Um, I feel the exact same way, but I'm afraid to speak up about it because so-and-so thinks this or so-and-so thinks that. Right? So that's kind of how I see that operating, that ideology operating. There's some, uh, apparently some sort of study on fish uh, that you know, co-signs the notion or supports the notion that gender is fluid. Uh, you're talking to a person who believes gender is, in fact, fluid. Um, but they're citing some sort of study on fish and something like that. And the, the conspiracy theorists have something to say about that, too. Like it's the water. It's some sort of ingredient in the water. Um, but there's, there just occurs to be something fishy going on there. Um, you know, a, fr a friend of mine um, who I've known for a very long time uh, all of a sudden had a they-them. A 13-year-old they-them. And that's, a, uh, that's an experience for a parent to say the least. And what I'm, what I'm so curious about is how come, where, why aren't we hearing from more of these parents? Because it's just, I, I don't know, a, 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 this is a little bit of a stretch. I don't know, I want to say, a, I don't know a single parent that wouldn't be a little bit at least concerned. There are certainly some that would not. There are also uh, true trans children. I believe that too. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that we're not allowed to question. And the whole Jazz Jennings thing is very, and if you don't know who Jazz Jennings is, you know, you're going to have to, you know, check out the quote-unquote right-wing media to find out her story. So she's a, a, a kid. She's like 22 now, but she was the first trans child, and they documented her transition that I believe began at age three on the Learning Channel. And now she, they chopped off her penis at I don't know what age it was. I believe it was when she was very young. And now her vagina doesn't work and she can't have an orgasm and she's got this eating disorder. She's very large and she cries all the time. And, you know, it's just very, very interesting. And 
I didn't know this either. Um, you know, what's what's her name? Uh, Leah Thomas. And notice, I'll call her her. That's fine. You know, Le Leah Thomas, though. Uh, you know, that situation uh, with the swimming. And if you just listen to Riley Gaines and what she has to say. So Riley Gaines is the, the woman that tied her in the swimming competition. She swam on her team and she tied her. And um, and there's just, you know, just find out yourself. Find out Riley Gaines' side of the story. She was also on uh, Bill Maher's Bill Maher show. And it's interesting to see where he's at in in this conversation. And I was, you know, honestly, I'm glad he sort of led the charge here because the fact that I'm absolutely terrified to talk about this on this podcast and basically went silent for a while because of the fear associated with it, that's just, that's interesting, right? And so, you know, Bill Maher, it's kind of interesting seeing where he is in this debate. Um, you know, I have a friend that says he won't, as soon as, as soon as somebody says, brings up woke or fuck the woke he stops listening it's like well why i, I don't I, I i don't understand i don't i don't if you don't you know that's it's that might be something to get curious about you know where why do, why don't you just ask a couple questions you know why 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 do you why do you refer why are you referring to it like this or why why are you saying you know fuck the woke or something like that and there's just a lot of babies. You get a little a whiff of bathwater and you throw out the baby. And I'm finding that, you know, the black conservatives currently are they seem to be making the most sense. Um, these are people I often v really disagree with. Um, uh, a lot of homophobia and um, I, c I can still in, in the black community, I can I can still uh, hear what they have to say. I can still uh, you know, honor the points that make sense, and I can disagree with those that don't. I don't see disrespect uh, on the part of you know. There's this guy, one one guy, file that his name is the Black. I believe it's the Black Conservative Perspective is the YouTube channel, and there's this other guy I've been following who's I I really like his stuff too. And there's this one episode where he's just laughing at white people like this, because because now this, to move into the next uh, thing, right? The next sort of instance of the Luciferian energy or as I see the perceive the Luciferian energy, he, um, this, this college girl, these, you know, kids got out of a car and they told her, give me your purse. And she said no. And so they pistol whipped her. They just hit her in the face with a pi pistol and took her purse. And as this dude is telling the story, he starts laughing. He goes, <laughs> like belly laughing at this college girl, white college girl that got pistol whipped essentially. And he's just like, I'm giving him, I'm giving him my, if somebody asked me for my wallet that's got a gun, I'm giving it to him. And I, I mean, I kind of lost respect for him because he was, in, in fact, you know, laughing at the horrific thing that happened to this, you know, white girl, probably a college kid, I'm assuming. So, but my point is, I can still watch his YouTube channel. And if I, I don't like it, I can stop watching it, you know? And so that's, uh, there's, I, I, I think that you should be able to watch Matt Walsh's movie, What is a Woman? and and see the baby in it and dismiss the bathwater or i i watched it and i did not see a, you know there's a trans person in it there's a a trans man in it his name is scott and and his 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 point is very the points his points are very valid and notice his he him whatever his points are very very valid and matt walsh is having an incre a very respectful 
conversation with him. I don't like Matt Walsh. I I don't like his. Per, I think he's he's kind of funny in in some ways, but I don't I don't he he comes off as genuinely bigoted. He comes off as a little bit hateful, and you know the thing is, he's one of these Christian homophobes, you know, out very outspoken, and he's got six kids. So there's six opportunities for your kids to be gay. One of your kids to be gay. So karmically, you don't escape the karmic. You know, you don't you don't escape the wrath when you roll the karmic dice. Justice is mine, saith the Lord. I don't think God's homophobic. I just don't at all. Um, so. And I'm not a Christian, and I'm not a conservative. I, I'm, I'm just not. Like, but I'm having to align myself. This is, I, I actually mentioned this several episodes ago, probably a year ago at least, about how you're going to, I predicted that you would start to see, not that I'm taking credit, maybe I am, but uh, I'm, I predicted unlikely alliances emerging because of what people are, people are just recognizing the complete and total lack of truth that's pervasive now. And, you know, now you've got Ice Cube and Tucker Carlson. I actually find that Tucker Carlson makes a he makes a lot of sense. You know, this gay woman I know, lesbian woman, came up to me in the coffee shop last year and looked both ways and said, I went to see Tucker Carlson last night, <laughs> and it was awesome. And I was like, right on. What do you talk about? And she said he had this brilliant breakdown of the opioid epidemic, this very specific data that he had dug up, him that he had found himself, you know, like he had done his own research, real real research, not just Googling, real research, statistical analysis and statistical breakdowns and whatnot. So um, now you've got Ice Cube and, and Tucker Carlson sort of having this alliance, right? And, you know, Joe Rogan's sort of a renegade in a lot of ways. I, had a, you know, I, don't, I don't really see him as establishment. I just, I just don't. And, and I don't see him as a, a lot of the things that he's made out to be, or at least what he was made out to be during COVID. Um, he's just quietly having his very long, very in-depth, very provocative, very brilliant uh, conversations with, with people in which he really gets them to – he asks – he does a really good job of sort of backing people into a corner respectfully. That's my experience of him. With political stuff, mostly it's just like him talking with you know Anthony Kiedis about the chili peppers and whatever. So, um, But I don't really see him as establishment you know, just because he has a lot of money. Um. And so, you know, another alliance that was existing for a while was Blair White and Ben Shapiro. Blair White is an outspoken trans conservative-ish. And it was really interesting to see a very respectful conversation with her and Ben Shapiro. So, you know, you've got people that aren't, aren't trans, aren't gay, aren't queer, calling Blair White a transphobe when she's got, like, big-ass tits and walks around with a dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's pretty hot. Um, anyway, so that's that's interesting. You've got her and Shapiro having a conversation. Then she kind of turned on Shapiro because of some really stupid shit he shouldn't have said. I can't remember. Something about laws about dress, dress laws or something. Anyway, so there's that, right? And, uh, again, unlikely alliances. And the alliance between Matt Walsh and this trans guy that's in the documentary, What is a Woman?, which... I think check it out if you haven't. It's I think it's brilliant. It's so funny because he just asks these people, "What is a woman?" And and the you know the the traditional progressive answer to that is it's anyone who says they're a woman. And then he goes, "But what is that?" And then they can't answer. But what is a woman? Anyone who thinks they're a woman. But what is? Yeah, okay, great. But what is that? And then you can't answer because it inevitably is going to come back to biology. So I found that to be. I, I find 
his content to have value overall. And, and now you've got, you know, you had this defund the police thing after George Floyd, you know, who say what you will, like you, you can sing the siren song for George Floyd if you want, but why aren't you singing the siren song for Chloe Cole? You know, that's what I don't understand. Or how come there's not a siren song presented to even be sung there? Right. So I find that odd, I guess, because there's this element of the truth that seems to be, you know, it's just like the, the idiot box is just a propaganda machine. The TV is just a propaganda machine. And I'm certainly prone to propaganda. I would never even remotely begin to suggest that I'm not. So, you know, George Floyd happens and then defund the police and I'm just watching that. I'm like, this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. And now you've got people getting the shit kicked out of them all over in, all over Chicago. And once we're in what were once relatively safe neighborhoods, you're not really ever safe completely in Chicago. Um, and you've got these teen takeovers where I would imagine that if you were a person who got caught in the middle of a teen takeover downtown Chicago, where like a thousand or two thousand or more, I don't know the exact numbers of kids get on the trains from black kids get on the trains from the south side of Chicago and essentially take over and smash shit and smash cars and do all kinds of crazy shit. And then they started moving further north into like the rich white neighborhoods, not just downtown. Now they're like they were like up in Lincoln Park because the red line Chicago goes from south all the way to north. You could just get on the train and get off anywhere. And in, in the middle of whatever neighborhood you wanted to in Chicago, the, a north-south, you know, a, a within any neighborhood sort of within earshot of the lake, right? So uh, within the general vicinity of the lake. So now you've got, you know, that's where, that's where like the, you know, the uppity white liberals li live. So now so many of them who have claimed uh, or who wanted the, the police defunded, uh, now they really want their police back. And I was saying this is going to happen. This is, this is not going to end well, and it does not, um, it does not, ex you know, it doesn't excuse police brutality. It has nothing to do with that. Um, you know, I have a, uh, I'm very good friends with somebody from, uh, I've known since kindergarten who's married to a Chicago cop. He's a good dude. He's he's a good dude, and he's got a can of whoop ass, and he's got a gun. You know what I mean? So, um, that that whole you. That, that weaponization of empathy, if you're not, if you don't want to defund the police, then you're a racist or a fascist or a whatever. Now there's no police, right? Or now there's no prosecution because the mayor of Chicago is essentially defending the, the, the kids. He's taking the side of the kids. He's not really suggesting that they should have any consequences. And so when you remove consequences, particularly from juveniles, what are they going to do? you know, fuck and fight and everything else in between. And and so now you've also got, in addition to this defunding the police, now you've got uh, the, the, the migrant crisis. So now you've got these people just spilling over the southern border, and they're around here. They're definitely around here where I live. But, you know, the, the, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, is like, well, we're not a sanctuary state. We've never been. We've wanted to control the border forever. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's always been a problem. He's like, well, we'll just send them to the sanctuary cities. And so now the sanctuary cities are having to deal with these migrants. So here's the fucking super fucked up thing. 
they're sending to the black neighborhoods. So they send them to the south side of Chicago, right, in in the black neighborhoods. And they're like, here, we're just going to put these migrants in a fucking school in your neighborhood. And from what I understand, they're mostly male. And there's not – they're all like male, young, fucking and fighting age. And there's no women or a lot of – there's very few women. That's just what I heard. I have not been to these sites, right? And then the black people whose neighborhoods are being essentially – taken over or invaded or there's a new presence in their neighborhood i'll just put it that way that's the politically correct way to say it there's a new presence in their neighborhood right uh they're like fuck these motherfuckers fuck these people we don't i don't fucking want these people you know interestingly that the vast majority of them voted for uh the you know democratic mayor so there is certainly that but it's just it's interesting because a lot of the people who vote for, you know, vote Democrat in Chicago are white liberals. And so you got like white liberals. Let's be a sanctuary city. And then the governor of Texas is like, OK, great. Here, now you're a sanctuary city. And then they send him to the black neighborhoods, <laughs> you know. And then meanwhile, the, the, the white neighborhoods are being sort of taken over in these teen takeovers. And I don't see this ending well. I don't see this ending well at all um, because now you've got this massive foreign presence uh, in the city of Chicago. Winter's coming, and they're putting them up in tents all across the city, all over the city. And now it's getting real. And I, I just I think there's something else going on. I think there's something far beyond what the typical citizen understands here happening. I just do. That's just me. Call me a conspiracy theorist, conspiracy theorist or whatever. That's just my personal opinion based on what I'm seeing, right? And, yeah, is some of this from the, the, the quote-unquote right-wing media? Yes. But now it's, all, it's on all media because it can't, you can't hide it anymore, right? Same with the homelessness. You can't hide this, these tent cities that are springing up all over the place. So I, I don't know what the hell is going on here. I'm actually going to the Navajo Reservation next week uh, to uh, go, go to a, a teepee ceremony. And um, that is, I'm just really interested because I'm starting to think about how do I escape from this shit show of a society that we've become, this sort of dangerous place that, every, that it's becoming. Um, and I've always felt a, a resonance with the Navajo Reservation. I spent time there in 2003. So who knows what sort of like coming apocalypse, the coming apocalypse information I'll be downloaded. I have a good friend that um, she is very psychic to say the least. She's, she has a different experience of what it means to be alive. And she's basically telling her that, telling me that what is coming is hold on and watch out. Also, maybe check out Cliff High, C-L-I-F, one F, High, H-I-G-H. You can find him on BitChute. So, you know, what, what is happening here? Because we should be sanctuary cities. Okay, great, you're not a sanctuary city. Fucking get these people out of here. Right. Now, I have sung the siren song of the sanctuary city. You know, I have wanted open borders. I have, you know, all that, essentially, this is crap. I believed all that shit. Um, and I went through, I have been through several periods of cognitive dissonance in my life and I'm up, you know, I'm ready for the next one, but it's just, you know, I don't, you know, for instance, a, you know, you take the conservative voice of Jordan Peterson. Is he a flawed human being? Yes. 
Is he a brilliant human being? Absolutely. He's one of the most brilliant uh, minds to ever live, in, in my opinion. And there's a, there's a baby there, and there's some bathwater, as there is with everyone else, you know. And up to and including, there's a baby in the, in the, the migrant bathwater story. There's, you know, yes, these people need a place to live. Yes, Venezuela is an awful place. They're fleeing. But then they put up the Venezuelan flag in the Rio Grande. That's a little, I just find that to be a little weird, isn't it? Isn't that a little threatening? Isn't that a little odd? And before you know it, this shit's going to be literally at your back door because it's just a failure in policy. Um, and I'm not some fucking right-wing whatever. Most people aren't. You know, and I, I've said this before, but my, my attitude towards, ta- towards Trump changed when my black friend who is a spiritual guide to me, told me to call my parents and ask them why they voted for him. And there's also this emerging uh, black, the black vote for Trump. There's this emerging uh, African-American Trump following. And that's interesting because what do you, you know, what, what do you say to them? What do you call them? What's the name you call them? What's the name for a black Trump supporter. What do you, what do you call it? Your 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 racism thing sort of breaks down there. And now you you, you notice there's not even really any more crying. Ra- there's very little like it's all racist rhetoric anymore. It's it's kind of faded to the background, and the trans stuff is kind of fading to the background. I don't see a lot of debate about it on social media. I just don't. I don't see. You know, I know this. I'm not even. I'm not even going to mention it. Um, person who post some very ridiculous stuff. This person who I've known for a very long time posts this completely ridiculous stuff, and I think this person might very much be very guilty of child abuse and a very twisted, uh, n- narcissistic, Munchausen syndrome, Munchism by proxy sort of a way. It's very, very, very odd. And I see people cheering this person on when... There's something very strange happening. So I just wanted to get on and rant, you know. So be it. Have at it. I, 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 I don't know what's coming. I, I, I do know I'll be purchasing a fire, be purchasing a firearm with my next uh, free money, uh, with my next extra chunk of change that comes through, uh, just for very practical purposes. I also have a very nice pellet gun. Fuck a robber up because you can't, you know, you can't necessarily shoot an invader in California anyway. They don't have a make my day law like in Colorado. BB gun, though, 15 BBs to the face, that's going to stop anybody, especially if it's followed up with punches and kicks and bludgeoning with bats and a bat or stabbing, whatever. Anyway, on that note, we'll end it with the stabbing. I hope uh, you've taken some value or uh, heard me out here and um, always always looking uh, to have uh, reasonable conversations with reasonable people. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. And just as the file was converting from the GarageBand file to the, the, the iTunes file for upload, I realized that I missed the initial point I wanted to make or one of the major points. So I, this converse, this this podcast started out where I was talking about Dr. David Hawkins and the Luciferian energy, right? So the Luciferian energy, again, 
you see it happening now with uh, the migrant crisis, with per, you know, the trans stuff, with uh, it was happening before during COVID with the, the VAC stuff, and now the police are defunded, and this all happened again as a result of this weaponization of compassion. And so the Hawkins talks about it in this chapter uh, uh, of I, Reality, and Subjectivity entitled The Ego and Society, which is chapter four. Again, that this the, the far leftist energy, it operates as um, it acts, it operates as like a Trojan horse. So it sort of gets its foot, it gets a foothold and then that opens the door. So it operates through trickery and deception. That's how the Luciferian energy operates, through trickery and deception. It then opens the door for satanic energy. Satanic energy is overtly hateful. And so that's what you're seeing, you know, in Queen, the footage from Queens, New York, or Staten Island, rather. Clanton, Staten Island, they're just like, fuck those fucking immigrants. Fuck those fucking Venezuelans. Fuck them fucking foreigners. We're going to fucking kill them. This is America. <laughs> that's you like my impression. That's um, that's an example. That's the satanic energy. It's overt. It doesn't pretend to be nice. It's overtly fucking hateful. And so the door has been opened. So the Luciferian energy feeds into the satanic energy and vice versa. Versa. I used to think uh, that the that um, that the energy of uh, Trump was satanic. I don't. I don't believe that. I've kind of changed my tune on Trump. I just have. I just. I just have. I just have. I just have. I don't know if I would call myself a Trump supporter, but I my my attitude has changed because I think that there's something bigger going on. And I just think there's something bigger and weirder and that he is not part of the I don't believe he's necessarily part of the establishment. And and I also think that he has allies. I think that there may very well be a battle between good and evil currently being waged beyond us with the leaders. And I think there's aliens involved for real. <laughs> I, I mean, at this point, you know, how, how could there not be aliens up in here? You know, I posted on Facebook the other day um, that we've surpassed 1984 and that we're heading we're heading into Blade Runner. Pretty soon, I'm going to be banging replicants off of uh, Tinder. It's going to be Tinder. It maybe maybe I already have Tinder's being populated with replicants. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch Blade Runner because it all seems to be happening. It all seems to be happening. You've got robot Terminator too. It's a combination. We've passed 1984. We're now into Blade Runner and Terminator. Maybe Blade Runner, then Terminator. A war with robots. Some of this shit I'm watching robots do now, it's... You're going to have replicant replicant X game participants. Replicant, you know, Red Bull games participants. They're just robots. Rob uh, replicant is just a highly evolved robot. So... I mean, that's that's what it back to the the Luciferian uh, paving the way for the satanic. That's it's very much what you can see. And, you know, I, I you know, arguing sort of with my friend Shane, sort of arguing, sort of discuss with my friend Shane on Facebook a couple days ago. And 
I was just saying that I find that the conservatives, they just seem to be making more sense. And Shane, if you're listening, Shane, he was citing uh, censorship that they're banning books in like Florida or wherever. And I heard someone, a conservative, mention that. And he was like, he was saying how he heard that. So he went and did some research and it was just entirely fallacious. It's like, that's just not true. Is that the right word? Fallacious. Um, that's not entirely true at all. It's like the don't say gay bill. If you, the Florida don't say gay bill, I have it on my computer. It's like three pages long. It's not a very extensive bill. It it doesn't say anything. The don't say gay bill doesn't even use the word gay, and it doesn't say anything about not being able to say the word gay. It doesn't. All basically, all it says is that you can't teach sex ed to anyone below third grade. That's all it says. That's it. So if you're a person that thinks that a third grader or a second grader or a first grader or a kindergartner, that if you're a person who believes that your teacher should be able to talk to your kid's teacher should be able to talk to your six year old about sex and homosexuality, you know, and gender identity and trans stuff. If you believe that your kindergarten teacher should be able to talk to your seven year old or six year old or five year old and four year old about sex stuff. More power to you, I guess. But that's all the that's all the um, the bill says. It just says you can't talk about sex to kindergartners. Basically, it even has a clause within it that says, um, in special instances of potential abuse, it is okay for a, a child a teacher to not talk to 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 keep information from a parent. So it even addresses that little nuance like it says yeah there are certain cases where it's going to be in the child's best interest that the teacher not say anything but but that's really all i saw i don't know if it even if it even had a part in it about um, a teacher needing to disclose if a, a child comes to school uh you know a boy comes to school dressed as a girl if the teacher needs to tell the parent i i can't re i don't think that's even in it anyway you could find it i mean just google it and uh, or email me and i'll send it to you or text me or message me or whatever i'll send it to you you can read it but my my point is that there's there's nothing in this bill about not saying anything gay and so it was just hilarious after i read it seeing all these people be like i'm in florida and i'm saying gay yay and it's like you 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 really you would look a hell of a lot stupider if there weren't 200 million people that believed the exact same thing that you believe, or 100 million people, or 150 million people. Hundreds of millions of people, over 100, over 50 at least, think the same thing. It's just a lie. There's nothing in it that says that. Nothing. And so why am I supposed to believe anything? So I start snooping around. And again, always using uh, Dr. Hawkins as sort of a, point of reference or a, a, a placeholder in the conversation the the calibrated level of con, uh, conscious co calibrated levels of consciousness and uh, the the muscle test as access to truth and yeah so just you know take what take what you will from this and um, and read that chapter and then get at me anyway talk to you soon bye